0: This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 129, Semifinal Overview. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Okay right here off the top it's Matt from the future and I just have to say in this episode we don't talk about the newly released Omega Tex and Omega Diplo that Dane and Fantasy Flight put out and we know that that's a thing that we should talk about uh, but we just didn't okay okay we forgot that's part of it but it's also because we got a lot going on right now so I'm sorry and we probably won't talk about it next week either. Because it's a big episode next week. And then the next week, I don't even know if we'll talk about it. Because we'll have to talk about the... Fun. We'll get to it when it matters. And I'm sorry that we're not going to talk about it yet. And you should join our Discord and we can talk about it there. Anyways, here's the episode where we don't talk about the new
1: stuff that was released for Twilight Imperium. Whoopsie doodle. I feel like April is an interesting time for our show because <laughs> we are... I mean, if you take last year and this year, mm-hmm. I would say that this feels like the busiest month yep. for us. Uh, this, I mean, you actually take like the the bottom half of March, right, and, and then the top half of April that, that is
0: also April. Yeah, April part so, one.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's just let's just say March is now April part one, and then this is April part two. Um, it actually feels like the busiest time of our of our lives when it comes to Space Cats Peace Turtles. Absolutely. Um it is the time that the show and the community and everything dominates my mind more than anything. Yeah. But I think (laughs) if you like let's say you were just someone that listens to the podcast. Yeah. And you actually let's say you let's say for fun you don't play TI on TTS at all. Yeah. You don't watch the games. You don't care about the tournament this it probably seems like we basically <laughs> take, we take <laughs> a month off. like, man, off. they get so lazy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I definitely felt that way even more last year because last year we had more vocal criticism of people being like, I don't really care about the tournament episodes. And I felt right. really crazy about that. But then the numbers reinforce that like, oh, there's definitely people listening to them. There's just people that don't care about them and they, and, and they are vocal about it. Um, yes. And that's fine. You know, we've learned lots of different ways that different people, you know, bounce off of different types of of episodes so this year i think initially we were like no episode no tournament overview episodes like we did we held through that for almost all of the prelims to like not have an episode be exclusively an overview
1: yeah i mean that was kind of always how i thought it would go yeah um in that once we get the semifinals up there and once we have youtube videos and twitch streams um so that you can at home you can kind of follow the story uh, which by the way, uh, every uh, every game every semifinals played. game has been played and is that's what the show's about today. yeah, <laughs> do <Do-de-do>. do. Um, <laughs> and on the YouTube, uh, we have every game up, um including the first half of game six, right. Second half will be up tomorrow. yeah. Um, and yeah, and then you can watch the entire semifinals. You can experience that entire story, yeah, uh, from start to finish. Uh, to prepare yourself for the finals game, yeah. which is the most important thing that we've done in a long time. Yes. And that is going to... And please come. Please <laughs> come watch <laughs> please it come on our join Twitch.
0: <laughs> uh, Saturday, April 18th at 1700 UTC. Also, just to say it here kind of closer to the top, uh, this Saturday, Saturday, April 11th at 1700 UTC, we are playing a fun game with all of the moderators. Uh, yeah. And wait, should, and, and I'm in the in. game
1: too. You are I noticed gonna, that. You are currently I'm going playing? to
0: play the game. Uh, Interesting. Interesting. As of right now, it is. Uh, I'll be commentating. Mm-hmm. It sounds like Billy will be moderating a low pressure uh, moderation scenario <laughs> for Billy. <laughs> That's uh, fun. And my understanding is that it is Celia, Kate, uh, Mantis, uh, who? TG Welch, and. One other player who is it that's in it? I should have already is had it. Is it Aviator? It's Did probably Aviator, Aviator. It? and because I, I know that uh Jefferson was not able to get into the game, the scheduling didn't work out, which is unfortunate because Jefferson's also put in a ton of time. Uh, in the it's tournament. also
1: unfortunate because that means that's probably why I'm playing. <laughs> <I> <laughs> yeah, you're playing realized. because Jefferson can't,
0: that's the only reason Hunter was invited. Uh, Milty might be in it, I forget. Anyways, we're doing a we're doing a game with moderators this weekend, um, and you should watch that. But then, obviously, the big show is next Saturday. Everyone should come see that. It's going to be crazy. The big show. The
1: big show. Um, Oh, and and the moderators are playing for the right to be the alternate for the finals, correct?
0: (laughs) Um, Okay, sure. Yes. Yes. (laughs) All right. This is this is what you want because you want to win the game and then get to play instead of cast it. You want to be yeah. Let's get let's
1: get this straight. So if I win this moderator game, then I am the alternate. All you have to do. I could win. I could sneak a finals win and win a tournament that I helped organize. Sure. And then this can all just be a self-serving, indulgent, <laughs> just kind of like, look at me, I'm so, we'll have to, ch- if that happens, we have to change the name from Space Cats, Peace Turtles yeah. to look at me, I'm so great. <laughs> Welcome to look at me, I'm so you great. You already have I'm the Hunter Donaldson podcast?
0: fan club. <laughs> now you're just doubling down <laughs> on the, the, the sense of ego that
1: this show grants you. It, it, it feels like my arc of the show this year has gotten a little, It's gone. it's gotten a bit rich, yeah. you
0: know? Uh-huh. um so anyways today's episode is going to be talking about those games although we are going to be kind of we're going to do it in two parts here because uh we super want you to watch those games instead of just use this as first off i'm not a very good i have a horrible memory (laughs) so like accurately recalling details of like details of what happened in a game is actually very difficult for me unless i take like really 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 thorough notes um some of you are crazy good at just like oh yeah this happened and then there were four dreadnoughts and two destroyers and Dude, ground Rune like, is so good at um, that um, so i That's can't what I believe forgot. how good some of you are at that kind of recall because it's not my thing at all so don't expect that from our overviews but we are going to do it in two steps so first up is going to be some non-spoiler we want to give you the vibes it's sort of like the teaser trailer for each game so that you'll go watch them on youtube uh and then we'll kind of give a little bit of a setup for who won and what that means going into the finals. Uh, we're not going to do a ton of that though, obviously because next week we started this tradition last year and and I love it. And I want to do it forever. Now is we're going to have little micro interviews with every single finalist, uh, on next week's episode. So yes. we will dig much deeper into these players brains next week, but this is going to be just kind of a look of exclusively their semifinal game and how they found victory.
1: Yes. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say what, what you were saying about people that remember details of games. Yeah. Uh, uh, Root is very good at remembering details of games, which is funny because uh, we haven't we didn't get to commentate with Root so much uh, this year. Yeah. The the only commentary that he's on is game six um, with me, and you pop in actually quite a bit. Um, yeah. you, you make it into a lot of the Super commentary, which times. is great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, me and Matt are not, not so great at remembering exactly <laughs> what happened in a game of Twilight Imperium, which is, you know, as you can imagine, that's, I mean, that's Part a YouTube comment waiting to happen. Yeah, exactly. Like right there. That is well, a mean YouTube comment that I read at three o'clock in the morning yeah. when I'm trying to go to sleep. <laughs> you know, I'm like I will tossing say the and turning. Thing,
0: the biggest thing for me is if if we were to record these immediately after the game, I could remember a bunch of stuff. But like now trying to record this after all six games have happened, like I have difficulty even remember who the six players are in each game because they all start to run together. All the TI right. games just blend into one big blur and it becomes so difficult to remember, you know, how everything went down. So,
1: yeah. Boy, we'll um, see how I well, do. So in our non-spoilers overview, Matt, yeah. uh, I'm I'm asking, I want to make sure um, we're not going to give away the winners no, in these, we right? We won't give okay. away the
0: winners. We're going to give the vibes of, of what yes. kind of game each game is and 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 you know if you're not looking to watch every single one which you should want to watch every single one but you know some people like watching different types of games maybe we can give each you know everybody but also
1: maybe maybe you don't have enough time to watch yeah maybe <laughs> i don't know why that would be the case <laughs> no i know for a fact you probably do okay sit down and watch them uh but uh yeah we'll we'll give you
0: you can kind of come up with your own pecking order of like which ones you should uh, you should watch
1: oh yeah okay this is cool because then it's like a service we can provide of like if you only have time to watch one this kind of gives you a an little taste decision. a little sample yeah. of which one you might want to watch
0: bouche of
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean it's an appetizer kind of
0: thing uh, okay i don't know i'm probably not even properly <laughs> summarizing it anyways should we do it let's do the darn thing
1: yeah let's do it. let's do it
0: Let's talk about game number one, which game was one. boy a hundred thousand years ago. Turns out, yeah, um, it was even ago. before the world changed. <laughs> it was right yeah. at the start of the world. Actually, your world was probably changing here in Arkansas. My world had already things. Yeah. things didn't look any different yet. Um, but uh, let's let's just talk, overview the players who were in game number one semifinals was unfair hat Sabian Luke M. Scooge, De and Evernoob. Um so I don't know Hunter going into this um I can say with pretty much certainty that uh at the time Evernoob was the only player I felt like I had a lot of familiarity with mm-hmm. um and I recall I a little fa- I recall I, I knew being good yeah i think everybody else in that game it's like yeah i remember some some i mean like i've already said i barely remember details of any game but i remember some things of their game but like evernoob was the only player i had like proper familiarity with so i didn't know what to expect out of this game Mm
1: -hmm. yeah um i believe i played now i feel like he's gonna reach out and be like that's not true i've never (laughs) played with you before but i think i played with unfair hat at one point Mm -hmm. um It was either I played with Unfair Hat or I played with someone that has a very similar voice to Unfair Hat, which Unfair Unfair Hat has a has a distinct uh, voice. Um, But yeah, um, this game, uh, very, I don't know, it's like it was a very good game one. Um, there wasn't a lot of deal making you know it was it it
0: felt you said this at one point that it felt like a casual game it just felt like six friends came to play a game of ti and i think this was was was, this one even finished with that same mentality of like all the players were like man i'd play with all of you again in a heartbeat i want to let's let's play again next week or whatever and i think some of them even did i don't recall exactly but like this was just a good group of ti players playing a, a snappy fast game with very little like crazy meta gaming um and i don't know it felt it felt like a kind of quintessential game of twilight imperium with no yeah i will say no crazy hooks where like oh my gosh i never expected this to happen but like right every single player plays solid it is contentious the whole way through and uh it's 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 one of those things where the end round you don't know who's gonna win
1: yeah, in a, in uh, the a really word I'm going to use way. to describe it, and, and I'm I'm not using it in the usual sense that people use this word, but it's like a platonic example yes. of, like, this is like the essence of what TI is, yeah. is six people that, I mean, they didn't really know each other before, but they, it I don't know, they just, it how, how about this? Actually, this is the way I would phrase it if you're thinking of, oh, which game do I want to watch? If you don't like salt at all, if you're like, I don't really deal, I don't like it when the players get salty at all. Game one is for you. Absolutely. Um, There's, there is bare minimum salt in this game for, it's a tournament game. So the stakes are, I'm not saying this, I don't want to make it sound like in game one, it just felt like the players didn't take it seriously. They did. They are just all pretty cool headed, just kind of cool people, you know, and, uh, not to say that there's uncool people in the other games, but like you know, so, and you know, frankly, I actually love a little salt. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but if you don't like salt at all, then I think Game One is is your jam. That's yeah. the one you should check out if you're just gonna watch one and you don't like salt. Game One is the one.
0: Yeah. Um. So let's talk about Game Two, which was the exact same weekend. Um. So <laughs> we we started off uh kind of hitting the ground running, and we did two games that first weekend. So Game Two. Uh, From a commentary perspective was already like, I'm still very excited about this tournament, but I'm I'm already quickly very tired
1: (laughs) because we
0: we went into game one and it wasn't crazy long game, but just, you know, we were coming right off the back of it. It was like, okay, we're doing another one. Let's do it.
1: I think game two is the weakest commentary that me and you do together, Matt. Um, We're not uh, for both game three, game four and game six. It's not solely me and Matt. Yeah. On the commentary, but I think game two, if if you're the, (laughs) all right, that's how I'm gonna put it. Uh, If you don't like the commentary (laughs) very much, then I feel like game two is probably not for you. Because I feel like that's the one that we talked a lot. Me and Matt, we we talk a lot, but also I think we struggled to keep up with. The game, because this game, deal-makey as as all heck, as all get out. Right. Just very deal-makey. Yeah, it
0: also, worth noting, starts off with one of the craziest drafts of the tournament. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, maybe the craziest. Game six was pretty wild as well, but game two... Uh, is some factions that just you don't expect <laughs> to be in the game uh, yeah so and, and yeah it's it's an incredibly let's talk about the players that are in it because that will inform people to understand yes. like what we're talking about so jaybird also known as grizzly bear uh, shorty 5-5 jasper the defteris uh, Cusa, and mate Mason. most of those players i would describe as meta involved players going into this one jaybird and defteris were the big like that's who everybody had their money on kind of thing. They're very popular in the community. They're both well-known. They're both good. And they both talk a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot. Yes. And yes. Uh, I will. This isn't like a spoiler. The two of them um, start not adjacent to each other, but sandwiching another player. And that dynamic is what defines game two. Is the like game. how yep. are Jaybird and Defteris going to balance their mutual neighbor and utilize giving you know trading with them and and all of this uh, so it's it is just a non-stop talking game from from every perspective and um it is absolutely not even just in our commentary or in our expectations but the players themselves made it about defteris versus jaybird
1: yeah that was the story of the game their their rivalry they're like someone someone in the twitch chat put it this way of just like they're salty at, at each other, and then they're like flirting with each yeah. other, and then they're like it's just all over the place of just like there's a lot of like th- there's saltiness, but so there's also a lot of respect between the it's two of them. You it's and a me. really, I mean,
0: it, 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 I would honestly <laughs> compare it to you and me, where it's like when we're in a who's, game with each who? other, who's we who? Are, who's I don't who? know. I don't. I'm, I'm. I know who's who. Who's who? Am I Deftaros? Yeah, you're Deftyrus. I'm, I'm Jay Bird, for sure. I'm the sure. evil one. Deftyrus is the evil one and Grizzly Bear is the schmo- the smoozer. Um but no, it really does play out that like that where they're t- they're they're both so experienced with each other that they are able to be really worried about each other but then also know when it's time to work together on a thing. Like they're just smart yeah. in that way. It's they're not holding a grudge in a way you would that would normally make a viewer be like this is that now they're just like playing a different game you know they're not playing in this yeah. game all of their decisions are in that one game they're just informed by the decisions of previous games that they've seen they they know yeah. how each other play so that's not to discredit any of the other players all the other players are playing within that meta too you know what i mean they're all trying the other side of the table is trying to capitalize on the idea that the defterous jaybird side of the table is like at war with each other the whole game mm-hmm. it's that kind of thing where it's like okay is the other side of the table going to be able to be ignored enough to find a victory, or will something actually come out of this crazy conflict on the other side?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I've uh, I've played with Cusa uh, recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool guy, fun to play with, good Absolutely. player. Um, it's, it's, I would say over, overall, uh, high level of skill at, uh, the table of game two, high level of skill at all the games, of course. Absolutely. Um,
0: I think this is the table that I knew the most about the most players. Like I, I was, Oh really? Yeah. I feel
1: that way about game five.
0: Yeah. Um, Uh, that's fair. That, that's, that's also very, very fair. That's game five is, is equal or just under that for me. But this, this game, like I hadn't like played with all these players, but like, uh, I would say shorty five, five is the only player in this game that I had like, never played with or never seen play or anything like that. Like, mm. everybody else I had some sort of experience with.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, actually, that's that's very true. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the way I would put this game, too, um, if you if you like kind of storylines, it felt like the game had, mm. like, an arc to it. Yeah. Um, it's definitely that type of game. Um, it's fancy. Um, both Defteris and Jaybird are trying to, or especially Defteris, actually. Defteris in general plays... A pretty fancy yeah. uh, exciting game right so if you like if you like players like um, I feel like Defteris if you like watching like if you've ever seen seven play um, I feel like Defteris is kind of the closest you get in the semifinals to somebody that's just kind of like wildly playing yeah a like exciting game kind of right
0: making decisions where you're like wow that is smart and also like really fun old <laughs> like yeah. like a thing where you when they do it you go Ah, uh, I didn't think that was okay to do. <laughs> right. Like, right. I didn't know you could do that. Not like a mechanically, but just like a, he is kind of at times bending what you think should be allowed within the meta and, and yeah. not in a dangerous way, but just a, like, wow, he's pushing the limits of like what he's expecting players to let him get away with.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's, i agree like I, I think that's the way to put it
0: yeah let's talk about game number three so now we've had a weekend off and we're moving into the second weekend of two back-to-back games and we're getting even more we're excited again we've had the week off but like i was i will say almost dreading this weekend uh just in terms of like another non-stop ti weekend it's just really draining it's fun but man it is it is exhausting and game three uh had this really wild effect on that mood because game three i would say in the middle of it drags really intensely uh sure and not in a oh my gosh it's so boring to watch but just a like what is what's going on like what is going to happen here um i will say basically um how, how can I word this without having it be a, a spoiler there? This is this is a much swingier game. That's how I should put. Yeah. this. The other the, the last weekend, it was like tight the whole time. And then in the end, someone pulled out ahead this game. Someone flies into the victory and then they kind of pull back and then someone else flies ahead and now they have to be stopped. And it's a very much like constant king slaying scenario from like every single round, like from round two forward, someone is the target and they have to be stopped at every but- conceivable moment.
1: Okay, but the thing the thing I'm going to add to this is that the dramatic moments of game three are, are some of the most dramatic moments in the entire tournament. Absolutely, like, yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, it is mind-blowing where this game goes because of that swingy nature. It is is—it is just constantly taking you through turns. So if you are okay with putting up with like a pretty wild, I don't remember, even remember what round it was. It was probably like round five or something, uh, but if you're okay with... Think about all the scenarios you've been in games where, like, the king slaying gets out of hand. You know what I mean? The conversations mm-hmm. never, mm-hmm. ever stop about what to do to the player who now currently has a lead. And then as soon as you deal with that lead, now we have to have 100 conversations about the next one. It It is that kind of a game, so it can be really exhausting to keep track of everything that's going on. Right. But, yeah, like Hunter said, the payoffs are are big Ten are big if, big 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 big
1: yeah if um, you're down to watch a ti game that uh I'll, i would say the beginning of this game is exciting yeah so it has an exciting early game yeah um and then the mid game kind of becomes a little bit of a slog and then if you're down to watch ti we're like yeah there's a couple hours where not a whole lot where it doesn't get very exciting but then towards the end you're on your feet yeah <laughs> that's yeah that's game three let's uh, talk who about who all is in game yeah, three this, though please this please throw those players out
0: merman herman axel Ledgerman Rolo, Robble, Brian, and Lazy Boy. Um, so uh, I, I think Brian and Rolo are the two most well-known players at this table.
1: Um, right. Rolo, but, if you don't know, is the Ledgerman of the Cones. Absolutely. Uh, he's a long... You know, the Cones. Long, he's, the cones. The, he's their Ledgerman. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. You huh know, Because like... Yeah, yeah. Because... Rolo so is the a player to, the, that always uh, shut surprises up, me. Um, you have a big. Matt. Matt, Matt. Uh, so the cones actually, within the, the story of, tw- of Space Cats, Peace Turtles, they needed a ledgerman. And they actually hit us up and were like, we need a ledgerman. And we were like, oh, we know this guy Rolo. He is a ledgerman. And then that's how Rolo became ledger- the ledgerman of the cones. Mm-hmm. We actually hooked him up with the job. Great. That was my bit. Now you can continue. <laughs> uh,
0: Rolo is a person that always surprises me um, because he's a really, he's maybe one of the nicest players, I think, either of us have ever played with we played with him a number of times because he's been in the yeah, brotherhood nice. for a long time and he's so nice that when you play with him he doesn't like, seem like he's gonna win it doesn't <laughs> seem like he's gonna win uh because <laughs> and, I, and i'm not saying that as a dig i'm saying like he you just feel like you're getting the better end of every deal with rolo because he's, he's just fly. like being generous and then the end game scenario comes up and you're like oh shoot rolo has a chance oh why did i hit like i just kept dealing with him and kept be, he 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 niced yep. his way into such a strong position that's that's that how it
1: that is a type of player that I feel like we have not classified. Is this player? Yeah. What are some other people I could call out that do that? I feel like Kaluan who who's coming up in a game sort of does this a little bit. Right. Um, that's how there I are feel c- about Nine of Spades. Nine of Spades becomes oh, actually, yeah. the
0: band leader of the table, and everyone's just like, we're following your orders, man. Come on, let's do this. Yes, you've 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 cheered me on, and I feel good, and let's oh wait, you just won. Shoot. <laughs> not to say <laughs> yeah. we're not spoiling anything. I'm not I'm not saying Rolo. I'm just saying that's like I've seen Rolo in so many games be. Just like the nicest player, and our commentary—I I bet at times even our commentary is like, "I don't—I think Rolo's giving away too much," and then like yeah. <laughs> thirty minutes later, we're like, "Oh wait, no, he's great. He's doing a really yep. good job." Oops.
1: Yep. That's how he became the Ledgerman. He had to be a good player, <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, let's let's talk about game number four. Uh, I wanna I wanna give the players right off the top of this one. Uh, game number four. Uh, so again, this is the last of our long slog. Uh, weekends the next two games are over the course of two weekends so we finally slowed ourselves down um but this one had milty who was a moderator during the prelims Uh, we had mick Mac moose b minus a golf player patch face and jock lobo in this game um and this game i would categorize this game as being the closest to uh, the holiday spectacular from this last year, maybe. Is, oh, wow. Is that kind of a fair represent? It, it is, it's the opposite of game one.
1: Well, we suck at TI when okay, we play well, holiday not, spectacular. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I wouldn't liken it to that. I would say there's a lot better play. The in meta, this in the there's sp-
0: better play, but the meta of this one goes, c- goes kind of crazy. How um, about
1: this? So, so two, two things I want to throw out at the top as far as game four and whether you consider uh, watching it or not. Um, it's got uh, a good kind of villainous player that uh-huh. I would describe as kind of plays the villain mm-hmm. uh, very the neatly. The heel. Yeah. It uh, has a very, very much a heel. Um, and so therefore, if you're like, I don't really like the salty pl- salty games, then this one's not for you. But if you like those salty games, if that salt kind of is the perfect spice to create a very yeah. dramatic, especially the finish of this game, yeah. is crazy dramatic, kind of similar to game three. Um, however, the meta, what the difference I feel like between game three and game four is that the meta never really lets up. It's kind of the meta of game two, but there's not like so much fascinating relationships between players so much as it's like the table and then this one player, uh, is there's a lot of friction there Mm -hmm. and that friction pays off in a very... A really wild way. This is a difficult one to talk about without giving it away. Um, another consideration, though, I would say is that you got to be real forgiving uh, with their technical difficulties right. at the beginning of this game, which breaks my heart. I hate if they, and and it's like, I didn't have time to, it was the kind of thing where it was just like, we we just had to start. So this game does not open as smoothly as I wish it had um but then you know once you get into the i don't know how much people even care about that it's like whatever dude we're just here for the game so we don't want to hear you announce the players and whatever (laughs) um maybe they don't care about that i don't know i mean i feel like that makes it more professional um but uh so yeah uh this one, also commentary-wise, is just me because of uh, a yeah. complete goof-up. It's just me by myself, which means the commentary doesn't have the same energy as sure. any of the other games. So for those of you that don't like the commentary, <laughs> hey. this is probably your game. No, seriously, though. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not even trying to joke around about no, that no, one because no, I, I know... I, I think it is legitimate. It is literally just a choice that me and Matt have made of, like, no, we want to do commentary. The the I think the thing we don't get enough credit for is the understanding that... Every single thing you can think of that has commentary does not have the difficulty of six to seven, because there's a moderator as well, like Mm -hmm. seven people that might speak at any time with us having no way of knowing they're about to talk. We cannot see them physically. There's no indication that a player is about to talk or have a big, you know, there's like trade rounds where it's like, okay, we could stop for that. But what we found out is that. Trade rounds generally are not where the exciting conversation yeah. happens. And, and the that, exciting and conversation sometimes it just is. happens. That's what sucks about it is sometimes
0: we, and we get these as YouTube comments, but sometimes like exciting, important negotiations do happen during trade, but like yes. more often than not, it's like people arguing because they don't have a shared meta yet. And then they eventually find out they just want to do X minus one trades, but it takes them mm-hmm. 30 minutes to get there. And, right. and it didn't, and all the stuff that comes before that doesn't actually matter in the long run and and it's our only opportunity to talk about other stuff to start analyzing other things on the table because the players have been talking about more important stuff this is a whole tirade i could go on but sure. like the the point is i get why people at sometimes bounce off of our commentary because we do occasionally talk over something and then we get distracted by our own conversation and we come back and we go oh wait what did we just miss like obviously right. that looks stupid obviously that's not good and we, we don't yeah we don't defend that
1: um i think, I think what the way we feel from where we're at is because we have an understanding of how how much a fool's errand this all is, how difficult it is to even accomplish the idea of presenting an entire game of Twilight yeah. Imperium with secret conversations and all, yeah. uh, and also have some sort of meaningful commentary. It's it's very, very hard. Yeah. So I think where we've kind of settled in is like, yeah, it's not gonna be perfect. Yeah. I've um, seen
0: comments before too where people are like, we shouldn't be catering commentary for newer players in the idea that like if someone cares about this game enough to actually sit down and watch a very long uh game play out over a youtube video that they would they would be able to keep up with everything else and i can tell you that is patently untrue <laughs> i i have comments in my inbox from people who are new to the game and say that our videos like helped them gain that deeper understanding that turned Mm -hmm. them into bigger fans like i know that that is a like actually a majority of the people that watch the videos so i'm gonna go ahead and just put a stop (laughs) to that comment because it's it's i have the proof that yeah only good like it is not true that only like good players watch our streams
1: dude i mean i feel like where this whole project came from is that me and matt really like watching esports games yeah. that we don't play yeah. that me yeah. and Matt have always had a love for it started with oddly enough super smash brothers which yeah. i guess isn't that odd now i think everyone knows that smash has this like weird yeah, like, kind of cult following was yeah
0: yeah, at the time um, it was much smaller, and and then StarCraft two and Dota Starcraft, and all this stuff yep, that we've yep. we've always enjoyed, but like neither of us are good at, and neither of us mm-hmm. are masters of. But
1: well, like, I mean, I was a great Smash player okay. in the day. Back in the day, <laughs> it was I was great. I was one of the greats. Sure, one of the greats. Uh, yeah, could have could have gone all the way.
0: Just gotta work on that. You know, those <laughs> shoot, learning, any kind of learning any kind of learning any tech. Like, well, th- we're talking. This is such a tangent, but we're talking about smash in the days where tech was like barely a thing like there
1: were like sure. four tech moves and now yeah, you D- watch di watch smash exist, and it's like yet. i can't even follow
0: what is going
1: on like there's so right. much ridiculous they're I mean, canceling anyways. like half of the animations yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like the character doesn't even do it it's just the character just glides around the map it's yeah. just like as a 2d like piece of paper is what it looks like anyways that, let's that get into game
0: important. uh well okay let's let's yeah let's get into game five because i think we've sort of waxed poetic on game four enough and just yeah. suffice it to say it is a it is kind of a roller coaster of a game and um expect some king making
1: debate out of that one maybe yeah, yeah. that's that's well, the kingmaker. Oh. I mean, I would say the debate is pretty cut and dry. Yeah, with, it's not. With game no, I four. agree. And we'll, we're actually going to have that debate here in a bit. But uh, Game four will be much more fun to talk about in the spoiler yes. section. So um, so those of you that played game four, please don't feel like we're shortchanging you. Yeah. It's just really hard to talk about that one, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: game number five was between uh, John, Sneaky Raul, Patience is a Virtue, Callowin, Kudos, and Snorcerer. This one is the popular game because... Patience and John played in Game 18 of the prelims last year, and John was uh, Patience was like in a position to win. And basically, we had a their, last year it was the it was the big talk of the town that Game 18 had basically a king making scenario that gave the game to John. Uh, so this mm-hmm. was the rematch that everybody rematch. wanted. Everybody wanted to know what was going to happen. And so I would say that was very much the defining meta in this game, similar to the Jaybird versus Defterus. Uh, mm-hmm. John and Patience had actually played a lot of practice games leading up to this game together mm-hmm. so they they have bec- been becoming more and more familiar with each other's metas I believe Callowin was a bunch of those games too I think Snores uh, like a lot of these players played together a, a number of times prior to their game number five and yeah. uh, that absolutely defined a lot of things. Pa- patience is a very meta dependent player. And yeah. John, as you will hear him say in the game, doesn't feel he's as good at meta. So it's v- a lot of the time him trying to combat patience and like patience goes and does a deal with someone. And John is like, don't let that be the end of the conversation. I- I'm not I haven't gotten in on this conversation yet, but you you should talk to me before you finalize anything with patience. Yeah. Like yeah. He is That's- the whole time trying to combat the deal making that patience is trying to pull off.
1: So I, I would say uh, to compare this game to Game Two, we've got two players that kind of have uh, a sort of rivalry going into it. I think the difference between John and Patience and Deftus and Jaybird mm-hmm. um, is that Deftus and Jaybird, that it's easier for I think me and Matt to say, oh, that's like similar to us because they're they're just. A bit goofier yeah. you know they they kind of they go in a lot of directions at right. once they throw a lot of spaghetti at the wall stylistically yeah patience and john are like adults by comparison <laughs> and i hope Deftress and jaybird please don't take that as a diss no. i'm i'm throwing me myself and matt in the same yeah we're with you guys yes uh john and patience it's 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 kind of steadier hands and a more disciplined approach. Yeah. But it it is kind of the same type of story where it's like two players coming in. They played with each other a lot. They played a lot of practice games together, which is crazy to me. Yeah. Um. They have this kind of there's this history involved with it. Right. Um. They know each other's play styles very well. Um. And they're playing against each other. But what's interesting about game five is there's also there's a bunch of other players. I that mean, I know wicked Matt. Good. You you have been uh very very wild about snorcerer yep. and his playstyle. so there was there was kind of even even extra like all right well th- there's other players in this one that yeah. we have even even higher expectations of yeah. um we've played a lot sneak- of
0: games with snorcerer and i have seen snorcerer come back from some pretty crazy deficits to win get like snorcerer has probably won more games on tabletop simulator uh that i've been in like i i have seen snorcerer win more than maybe any other player so mm-hmm. going into this one, I was like, oh, man, this is probably Snorser's just to take because yep. I just have seen him coast in the middle of the pack or behind. And then he he's just so good at finding swing rounds. And so that's yeah. always on my mind is like, I can't even discount Snorser like at, at any time in the commentary. I can't write Snorcerer off because I, I just know he's capable of pulling off some crazy stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, also, what's super notable about game five is the early game. No nonsense. Yeah. So if you bounce off, if you do not (laughs) like watching the early game of Twilight Imperium, you're like, oh, it's interesting. But like, I generally skip it. It might be worth watching the early game of this one because they do not waste a minute. And then they get to the mid game and then things get, you know, things slow down. They, They play
0: smart. But the first two rounds happen in an hour, like a single hour. rounds one and two so so if you if you if you don't want to watch the rest game and just want to watch that i suggest it just to see how quickly and efficiently players can play it's like difficult for us to even keep up the commentary on that one because they're just pulling off every single turn so fast that we're like constantly catching up
1: yeah it's very um it's very like solid calculated play i would say even in general for game five it's it's a lot of players are executing uh kind of they're just executing really precisely um i would say patience is a very precise player um also i guess another note is the draft for this one pretty wild Mm -hmm. um some stuff happens in the draft that doesn't happen in any of the other games um so this is a kind of mixture of like if you like kind of solid steady play but also some fancy stuff um you're gonna get some fancy stuff and you're going to get some just solid, solid play. Yeah. Um, Worth it's noting hard to too, overstate how much I like game five, yeah. actually. Worth
0: noting, too, this game was played. Um, I forget how many of the players were in American time zones, but this one was played like overnight. Like this game oh, started right, at yes. 8 p.m. and went until about, I want to say, 4 a.m. or so. Yeah. Um, which actually was very good. We were all afraid we were going to, you know, we th- this tournament has seen no shortage of like 12 hour long games. Uh, and with this with a group as talkative as we expected this one to be, I was very afraid going into this one, but it actually goes relatively quickly, which is such a uh, just such a, a godsend <laughs> that it mm-hmm. that it didn't you know absolutely destroy my sleep schedule. Um, all right, should we finish it off with the game we actually just most recently had this past weekend? Yeah. Whatever? Yeah, the, game, game six closed game it six. off. Uh, I was only there for some of it. So Hunter, uh, I, I'm mostly interested to hear your main takeaways from Game
1: six. Game six is it? Blah, blah, blah. Game six is interesting. We've got uh, well, let, let's list the players real quick. We've yeah. got Ginger. We've got Magi. Uh, we've got Connor. We've got uh, Dead Bob. Dead Boldtron, Bob. Boltron. Yes. Um. So some. We've got a mixture of players that I was not very familiar with, and players that I was. I mean, what? That were very hey, who do familiar I know with? better than Magi? <laughs> right. He's like. <laughs> um. As far as like time I've spent watching someone play, I feel like Magi might be the most. Yeah. Um, almost by necessity, it, he would have to be the most. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's it's always fun watching him play. Ginger is somebody that I've also seen play a lot. We've played with a couple uh, times. Uh, yes. Ginger. Uh, yeah. Actually, there was a period where it seemed like almost every time I was setting up a game, Ginger was Ginger was there. Ginger yeah. was playing. Um, pretty pretty straightforward draft this time. There's yeah. like one thing in it that makes me just nuts, that just makes yeah, me crazy. The, dra- the
0: draft faction-wise isn't crazy, but position-wise goes off the rails, is the thing. Yeah, So that's yeah. that's the thing to look... The speaker token is not where you expect it on, in round one on right. on game six.
1: I would say... So So we've used the word fancy to, to describe some of these other um, games. Um, I'm going to just go ahead and call out Ginger for being Ginger-style... Is I think contrarian. I mm-hmm. think there's a difference between someone being like, "I'm going to do something, uh, something crazy that like is going to get the the chat excited and yeah. get people like kind of cheering for me," but is also like cool and fun to watch. And then I feel like Ginger just kind of is like, "Oh, you think it works like this? Well, actually, it works yeah. like this." Yeah. And then the reaction to that is kind of like, "Wait, what? It doesn't work like that. That's that doesn't make any <laughs> sense to anybody." <laughs> And then, you know what? Sometimes uh, sometimes he's right. Yeah, <laughs> like, Ginger, just, I,
0: I've described Ginger as like the king of hot takes where yeah. like he, he's trying to redefine the meta every time he plays and he, he is very much wanting to do stuff for the stream and it, I think there's even a moment in game six where he very much for like kind of an inordinate amount of time struggles with whether or not he wants to do a move that would be good for the stream but questionably good strategically and like seeing that almost break him uh, is, is like a defining moment of this game. Is like, do I want to do the thing that no one expects or should I do the standard solid play? Because Ginger doesn't seem to be the kind of player who almost ever wants to do the standard solid play. He wants to mm-hmm. redefine what is solid and what is good.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say overall, game six, um, is it, I, 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 I hope you agree with me on this. I think game six was the tightest um one uh it was the one that felt the most like i don't know who is about to win this game basically yeah i I Um, will
0: this this will um this is a mild spoiler but it's not a spoiler about any of the players this game sees the most on the table points so like agendas that hit and then make a, mm -hmm. a a point that can move around so even just by definition the end game scenario of this game is like this could go anywhere because people yep. could be attacking people and points could be moving around and it's just there's no possible conceivable way you can predict who would win at the end because of how much things are going to move around in like the this last two rounds. This is a good rounds. game
1: if you don't like if if you like really not knowing who is about to win this game until yeah. it happens, then I think this is a this is a good game. It's not it's not a game where we in the in the end game are just obsessing over paths yes although i mean i'm sure we do talk about but it's a lot impossible about
0: paths. to find the one it's not that thing where it's like okay so so and so has the best shot and then the next person has the next best this is just like i don't know man freaking anybody like literally yeah. anybody at any time could change up the hot potato that's going on
1: yeah yeah, and I mean, I would say also, like, I don't know, if you like watching Magi play, which, I mean, I think I would not be surprised <laughs> if that is... Oh, well, a I'm category. just saying, like, yeah, a category you've, you've gotten to watch a lot of him. If you've been paying attention to um, tournament play, then this yeah. is another Magi game. Right. And you know what? He's he's always a solid player, and he does well in this game. Yes. Um, so it's, it's a very good, very good table. Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah.
0: So let's, should we, okay, should we, is this now the stop of non-spoiler time? And we are now yes. about to go ahead and spoil all of these games.
1: Um, uh, I yeah, think we'll go I,
0: quite a bit faster, but. Um,
1: right, right. Because we won't have to summarize very much. No. Um, it'll be kind of just like, what are our kind of hot takes about it? So yeah, if uh, if you don't want any of the games spoiled for you, uh, please uh excuse yourself or go yeah. to well, the we, rundown we will, or whatever yeah we
0: will literally only do that and then go straight into the rundown so i don't know i mean i want people to listen to the rundown but also i get it you might just turn the episode off whatever this this might right. be your stopping point well
1: uh, you know please please come see the, yes. the moderator game uh this weekend uh on boop, 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 on saturday april 11th uh yeah. at 17 o'clock utc and then please Please, 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 please come watch uh, the, finals. the finals on Saturday, April eighteenth at seventeen o'clock UTC. It will definitely All
0: be right. the like the best game of TI that's ever been. And
1: and played. watch these <laughs> games on YouTube. Check them out. Yeah. Like they're they were they took my computer, spent a lot of nights <laughs> chugging loudly, just like CPU <laughs> at hundred percent. Yeah. I had I d- I've been. My core temp, my like CPU temperature, has just been up the entire time because I get so paranoid if I'm encoding like hours and hours of video that I'm like, I don't know, man, one of my yeah. fans is gonna fail, my right. CPU is gonna overheat. This so is like, why we did not my record CPU, the
0: prelims. This is this reason that Hunter yeah. is describing right now. It would have been untenable to render yeah. that much video footage. So, anyways, it's now spoiler o'clock. Spoiler thirty. Uh, yeah, it is here we time. Go. Um, spoiler 30 spoiler 30 so okay game number one your first finalist is i had to look duke it Lucum. up <laughs> it's duke <laughs> Lucum, who gained that name in the middle of the game during the commentary right. he became he ascended from luke m to duke lukeham uh, duke Lucum. <laughs> so uh what can we say about uh duke Lucum's uh play here uh, what, well, what can we say w- about so why wanna... he found a victory
1: one of the things I want to do in this uh, part of the episode is kind of use this time to to throw out some honorable mentions absolutely uh, people that had shots that that didn't that didn't pan out yeah um, very early into game one um, w- like when we were summarizing it non spoilery we were saying it's like it's kind of straightforward uh, it feels almost casual um, so very early into game one we, we kind of catch on to Luke yeah. as having a shot uh, he kind of pulls ahead and just seems to be really solid. And then there's another player I want to call out, DeSuga. yeah. Um DeSuga's playing as L1. Luke is playing as Barony. Um, and then another person I want to call out is Unfair Hat. Yeah, uh, Who I actually, um, just to kind of come clean, I think I kind of discount Unfair Hat early on. There's something Unfair Hat does that I just like end up strongly. I strongly disagree with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get a little egg on my face uh, because <laughs> in the late game, Unfair Hat kind of swings. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, God, how are they going to stop Unfair Hat? Right. Um, obviously, they do, and and Luke uh, kind of finds his victory. But this is the game where the person in the lead at the beginning – well, this isn't the only game like this, but Luke kind of feels like a solid player, yeah. and it's kind of like, okay, we're, this, this guy could win, and then, well, what do you know? He does. Yeah. Um, Lu- Luke, uh, what do you for what me, do you want to say stylistically about Luke? Luke for me is the biggest
0: surprise of the tournament. Uh, I didn't mm-hmm. have low expectations. I had like not very many expectations at all, um,
1: and didn't but I, have a I, lot of priors, I, yeah. is what Nate Silver would say. We didn't have a lot of priors right. going into this. Yeah, one.
0: so so I re- I kind of remember Luke's prelim game and and having the same feeling of like, oh hey, Luke kind of won that fairly solidly, and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this game, it was like, I, you know, I know all the players are good, but to me, Luke is, and I'm trying my best to stop comparing um, players to, like, players we've had in the past, but because last year's finalist is is so important to the story of the, the show, like, I think Luke is the closest we have to Nine of Spades this year. I, Explain I think, that a little bit so, for me, because I don't know that so I quite So, like get you it. just said, Unfair Hat, like, swung into this, you know, big spot of contention. Um i think that luke is is crucial in stopping unfair hat and luke Mm -hmm. is the same kind of player who talks everything out with everyone luke very rarely Mm -hmm. does any uh secret conversations because luke is playing the entire table at all times and is is keeping everything conversational but in those conversations like always finding ways to get ahead but also like doing it in a friendly way and like nobody's ever actively working against Luke for meta reasons and like mm-hmm. he's just a friendly really solid player who always has his head wrapped around everything that's going on and I put yeah. that against some of the players like uh like we were kind of just talking about Ginger really tries really specific crazy stuff Luke doesn't really try crazy stuff he's doing everything by the books and excelling at it and and I he think he seems he's to have a, a
1: cool head yes. I'll say that
0: about I him. think he's got think- the the the, the Dex, or not the dexterity, the, the, he, he. The longevity, of, of you know, <laughs> the that, endurance, the endurance uh, of of a good player. You know, he he can just yep. keep his head going, and in those late rounds when things get crazy, he's not losing track of what's going on. You know how lots of players will just like forget to look at someone's secrets. He always knows exactly how many secrets everybody has and what secrets they are could potentially be scoring and what publics mm-hmm. they could be. Ten- he's just looking at everyone's points at all moments, and I think it's yep. really really strong, and only based on the fact that like. That's what we've. That's what we saw win last year. I think that is an incredibly useful skill going into a finals game.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, a couple couple other things I want to just call out real quick before we move on from game one. Um, always love watching Evernew play. Yeah. Um, fun player. I feel like Sardak. He played Sardak in this game. I feel like just didn't quite connect. Yes. Um, you know, I Evernude- love Sardak though. Evernoob's the opposite
0: of Luke M as well. Evernoob is the kind of player... Evernoob can never stop himself from trying to prove <laughs> a point in a game. And this He's point was, I enemy. can pick Sardak and do well. And he did well as Sardak, but turns out that that ceiling is a little bit lower <laughs> than I also other really factions.
1: like uh, Sabian. Yes. I wanted to call out Sabian uh, for picking Muat yes. and uh, actually making it look really viable. But then Sabian made uh, some... like key mistakes but they were like little mistakes they yeah. weren't strategic mistakes it was mm-hmm. literally just like a goof up yeah and i re- i just want to say sabian and in, in solidarity i relate i get it <laughs> it sucks when when that stuff happens yeah. um and uh Scooge, Scooge? Uh, had uh, the best name in uh, probably <laughs> yeah, yeah. the the, the most running fun name theme to say.
0: of all of these was the names of the game that EJ was running in chat and Scooge won best name in the game and we're not we didn't talk as much about Scooge too and that's not to say Scooge had bad play he was actually in it you know a, a, a contender for a lot of the game it's just
1: there is a lot here's going a theme on in game. of the semifinals the player that sat in the green spot yeah seems like a lot of the time, it's not like that was a bad slice. It kind of is, but it just though. seems like, <laughs> well, I don't know what it's the problem tough. was
0: with it. It's tough to find footing on Melanzobat, and then you don't have another equidistant on the other side, and you don't—you just have almost none of the advantages. It's also worth noting this is the only game that goes to round seven of the whole yes. of all of the semis. This one got extended, is what I—you know—round six is the average game like If it ends in round five, that's like a ooh, someone snuck something. And when it ends in round seven, it's like man, they really they stop something. And that and that's again why I draw that comparison to 9 of spades because 9 of spades was that same kind of player, able to stop a winner and then find a victory for themselves when the game goes long. Mhm. So, let's uh let's do game number 2. So, we yep. talked so much earlier about Deftus and Jaybird and turns out uh if you are a smart enough player and you sit in between Deftris and Jaybird and you let them <laughs> negotiate over you all game, uh, if you're really smart, you can find a victory because Shorty 5-5 uh, kind of knocked it out of the park of this one. I think uh, early game, there's probably a lot of times where our commentary reflects the idea that we're, we're like, I-, I wonder if Shorty's getting enough out of this or is he just kind of handing the game to Jaybird or then is he handing it to deftris and it keeps going back and forth. But then as the game keeps progressing, we kind of start to realize, oh man shorty's getting the better end of every single one of these deals and i think by the mid game we even start remarking that like they'll go into a secret conversation with one of those two players and by the end of it we're like he handled himself really well in that and he's not letting either of these players take advantage of him he's holding his ground in every conversation and he's not letting them uh win out so uh i i'm i'm really impressed by shorty's ability to hold back on that much metagame you know it, it was like constant secret negotiations for him and him never yeah. him never starting the conversation you know it's just jaybird always coming to him and then defteris always coming to him with a secret conversation and being able to maintain a strong position through all of that is uh pretty pretty strong
1: it's kind of a like tune Rem- remember i just want to remind everybody that we likened ourselves to jaybird and defteris if we yeah. were in the same uh, I think it would play out really similar to this if we were in the same semifinals match, honestly, of our own yeah. tournament. Uh, I could see me and Matt kind of, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Shorty in saying this because Shorty found an opportunity and, yes. and ran with it. Right. Um, but also part of that opportunity is Jaybird and Defteris kind of over u- over meta yeah. is the word I would use. Like they did too much above the table mm-hmm. and they kind of canceled each other out. Right um and kind of took each like it's it's one of those things where it's like they played against each other so hard that they basically just made it impossible for either of them to win right they did not really ensure their own victories right Um, and it 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 led to
0: shorty having like a really good you know i kind of want to say board presence i mean there's points in the game where shorty's stuff is like oh man his stuff isn't any like how is he gonna find it but like his his stuff gets in the right spots basically Mm -hmm. like he's 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 always focused on the objectives where i think it almost felt like defteris and jaybird became focused on stopping each other and like outsmarting each other rather than straight up and down just focusing on the objectives themselves Um, yeah we haven't talked about the other three players at this game though again i think everyone at this table was like incredibly uh well you know very very good um Mm -hmm. i think i mostly want to throw out uh Uh, As someone who, at least in parts of this game, felt like he was going to get the better end of all of this conflict on the other side of the table. He was playing as a sorrel. He was laying low uh, and was kind of building up like a decent slice. And uh, there were definitely kind of in the mid game. I was like, oh, man, this looks like one of those scenarios where everyone ignores a sorrel for way too long. And then a sorrel is going to just find it. And the only problem is a sorrel just didn't find it you know, right. and I don't, I don't the recall RNG did not. Des- yeah. I think it was Jasper just bad an secrets and, and yeah, just not the stuff they needed. I can't recall if he had like one really bad combat or something, but it just definitely didn't, you know, didn't work out in his favor. I think
1: Jasper is a better player than what happens in game two. I yeah. think, I, I think RNG did not, was not kind. So we didn't really get to see Jasper because especially I've just even noticed from the things that Jasper says in like Twitch chat, yeah. he's been around a lot. Um, I, he get, he gets the game I think on a deeper level than he gets an opportunity to yeah. demonstrate in game two right. um, I think kind of a similar although Cusa gets more opportunities um, and is in general I think also a, a very good player like I said I've played with uh Cusa and I uh, I think he's great yeah um, same mate Nansen gets to play as or ma- mate Nason yeah. yeah sorry I always mess up his name <laughs> like always yeah um, Uh, i guess the play is jolnar in this correct yeah jolnar in blue that's that's the right nike yep yeah
0: uh the problem the problem that q sir or that mate nason runs into is he never really gets out of the the two hexes in his slice it's like a really Mm -hmm. interesting the the objectives are really um are really turtley in this game Mm -hmm. i mean here here are the first here are the five stage one objectives three command counters two tech and two colors eight influence eight resources and three tech specialties the only one of those that is like a trick is three tech specialties the other four are things that jolnar can just sit and trade and trade and trade and hakan was in this game and so like he literally sat on his home system in Barragler to four almost the entire game and still came out at seven points so i think if you'd seen jolnar push out a little more it would have gone one of two ways they would have found a victory or it, they would have stretched thin, and, and you well, know, maybe they there, were making the right call, and just didn't have the right objectives in their favor.
1: There is a point that Deftorus comes all the way across yes. the table to uh, start gutting. I mean, him. like, okay, so there's there's basically three players that pretty much from the beginning of the game, the table starts talking about as if they need to be stopped, as if it's late yeah. game, and that's Jaybird, Deftorus, and uh, Mate Nason because yeah. of uh, because of playing as Jolnar and being in blue, right? Um, and And I feel like the real real mistake there, I think, is including the Deftress and Jaybird in that. I think think playing against someone because of their position and their uh, faction makes sense. But playing too heavily against someone because of a meta reason, because you're just scared of them as a player. There's a part in round two of this game where we kind of start making fun of the table Mm -hmm. because we just start sarcastically referring to the Deftress as the best TI player of all time. Now... (laughs) obviously the deftress is good not trying to not trying to take anything away from anybody but the way the table was playing against deftress made it seem like he was such a heavy threat that it was just a little bit much and i think it was hurting a lot of the table play basically yeah um yeah you shouldn't you shouldn't give and in the end it's one thing to yeah in in the
0: end deftress is crushed under the weight of that they, they finally yeah. start to hit him so hard that like in the very final round, he he kind of stopped standing a chance because he really did get like crushed and slapped and like he has like no plastic on the board and uh, or not, you know, not enough relevant plastic. It's just he, he really gets pushed back pretty, pretty intensely. I guess uh, what I'm saying
1: is that if you if you play a game like game two, where you're so focused on stopping people early mm-hmm. and that becomes like your main your main thing, you're just begging someone to kind of dark horse your game. Right. And that's what shorty does. And he does it very well. Like he, he, yeah. he sees that path to like, Oh, Hey, guess what? I'm just going to like surprise win this now. Yeah. Um, because if all you're focused on is stopping other players, um, and, and doing meta counters and you're not focusing enough on your own game and, uh, you know, making yourself succeed, you might be better at stopping other people from winning than you're actually going to be at winning yourself. Right. Um, I think is the ultimate lesson here. Yeah. Um, But a fascinating game, I would say. And a lot of really fascinating play. This one is really fun to talk about.
0: Yeah. Uh, Let's get into game number three. So the winner of game number three was my new nemesis on the Discord. (laughs) Uh, If last year I was complaining about Magi the whole time, it's now Brian. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. The the joke here is, and this is how Magi used to be, and he's not so much anymore, but uh, on episode post-discussions uh brian is there every single time and he's always disagreeing with me or pointing out something we missed or whatever and so i have to rib him for always he's always right (laughs) basically almost always right uh you'll you'll notice that by how often he gets included in the errata section of this podcast but uh it is absolutely a um good thorn in my side so i have to Mm -hmm. i i'm not allowed i'm required by law to not root for him in the finals turns out right Uh, so but but feed to that that brian was a lot of people's favorites going into this game and brian is the player who took an incredibly huge lead in the early game and was absolutely slapped for it Uh, i mean Mm -hmm. really pushed back like in in maybe one of the bigger ways we've seen in the tournament or at least in the in the semis um in like round three or whatever it is the none of the agendas go his way like intentionally so and the next round all the players just absolutely crush him it's really funny too because like the day before that brian had posted a meme in memetown about like i swung to four points and then uh and then everyone was really mean to me and no one let me win agendas and like it was a premonition of his own, how his own game would go and he didn't even. Well,
1: what's interesting is, isn't that how he won his prelims game? I think too? so. Yeah, I think I think, I think yeah, Bri- he's just Brian kinda...
0: Brian just decided that is right. Brian decisively won his prelims game and just like ran away with it and didn't didn't get stopped fast enough. And so mm-hmm. um, it, it was it may have been one of those like ones that he won in round five or something. I don't remember if it was that exactly, but it definitely was like, oh, Brian's just running away with it. So this game started with us thinking that was going to happen. But then, of course, these players did not let him get away with that. And we talked about the long slog of the mid game in this one. And it was essentially that um, the player Axel had kind of a win tied up. And for what felt like eons, uh, the players were trying to talk about how to stop Axel and people were developing all of these crazy strategies of how to do it. And if anything, I, I assume it's a credit to Rolo because Rolo was letting everyone else at the table do all of this crazy stuff to try to stop Axel. When the whole time, all that he had to do was get a dreadnought above one of Axel's planets... And he had a tactical bombardment, and he just needed to use tactical bombardment, and that would get rid of the influence or resources, whatever it was. He would exhaust a planet that Axel needed to score the big scary points God, that they were going to use to win the game. actual use
1: of tactical bombardment for what it is used for, yes, and, like and, what and the in purpose the end, of it is—they,
0: you know, Rolo basically stalls everyone out so that the tactical bombardment can't be sabotaged, which is obviously he's, he's playing as a sorrel, and th- this is. This is clearly the the smart play, but it's just like it felt like forever and it felt like no one was going to stop Axel. So then it, it was like all these conversations about like, well, I don't know if you send a dreadnought into his four dreadnoughts, you can whittle him down and then all go in and all also whittle. And it was, you know, it's one of those things where the king slaying just feels ridiculous. And it doesn't seem like it's going to go anywhere. And then Rolo just strolls in. Like we were literally wrapping up the game. We were about to go into the status phase and actually the moderator kind of rushed it a tiny bit and was like, okay, uh, so it sounds like a sorrow passes. And Rolo had to be like, wait, 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 no, 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 no. I definitely do not pass. I have not passed yet. And like, We were moments away from giving the win to Axel and then Rolo plays this tactical bombardment. So like the whole the rug is snatched out from under everyone. EJ was co-commentating with me. He literally left my house because he was like, I'm done. I can't hang out here any longer. We've been here forever. Uh, And so Rolo stops the leader and Rolo actually had like an okay position in the final round. But what ended up happening is, you know, Brian had a had a better position and Brian pulled off some really crazy slick stuff. And I still I haven't gotten to talk to him. I'll be curious to interview him because I want to know how much of this was intentional. I think he's indicated that not all of this was intentional, but uh, he was doing some play in in the final round. That was like lots of really crazy secret objective bluffing. Like he was setting stuff up so that it looked like he was going for one really specific secret objective. He made it look like he was trying to unveil his flagship. Because he kept like basically like using war. I think he picked warfare. Oh, but he just needed in the three space stocks. But all he had to he was L1Z1X, and all he had to do was go across the map and go indoctrinate, uh, or not indoctrinate, but uh, Infl- a- or, uh, assimilate two assimilate. other space stocks yeah, yeah. across the map. And he just needed to keep three space Docks to win in the status phase. Um, but he made it look like he was going for all of these other objectives that the players didn't do anything. In fact, a reactor meltdown was used on somebody else before this could even happen because people were trying to stall out to prevent him from doing an unveil the flagship unveil flagship play so like it was a really really brilliant kind of bluff thing that he was able to pull off um and so in no way can we discredit his win in in the final round he absolutely deserved it in the first two rounds. He absolutely deserved it. It was just kind of like a crazy rounds, like two, three and four, that mm-hmm. we we just weren't talking about Brian anymore. But uh, y- you can't write him off basically because he's he's always still paying attention to where the victory is for himself, mm-hmm. and he and he um, pushes you- for it un- unrelenting. That's why I do like Brian quite a bit actually as a player because it's it, it reminds me of. Of me, where I like, I bounce off the idea constantly that like you should intentionally play slow and not be in a lead. Brian's like, nah, score points and then you'll win the game because that's the whole win point of the game ahead. is to that's is his, to win. That's and Brian's philosophy. always trying to win from ahead, so um, I I applaud it and I'm I'm glad to see it work out for him.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it. I I get that. I I think I think there is a lot in common with with your style of play. That whole idea of like. Well, everything kind of blew up for me, but then I just snatched it yeah. uh, from the Jaws of Defeat. Um, right. Anything, so uh, it's hard for me to talk about Game 3 because I didn't I yeah. didn't commentate it. Um, I edited it, so I s- I've seen, seen like little bits of it. Bits yeah. of it. Um, is there anything else worth mentioning as far as like all the other players, like Lazy Boy and Rebel? I mean, and,
0: I, uh, I again have to throw more, sh- I mean, I, I've already shouted out Rolo too much, but like. The fact that he's the one who kept this game alive I mean that that tactical bombardment will go down as one of the greatest plays of the tournament like it just yeah it was mind blowing and we were freaking out and it was absolutely incredible um, again, and Axel
1: was playing well right like, Axel, Axel was, was doing was great decisively Axel was winning. like
0: going to deserve the win like it, it was one of those like it's just unstoppable how do you stop you know we, we weren't paying enough attention to them and, and and he's got all this influence or you know whatever it was like it was just a really it was going to be a tough spot they were the ones they were the only players sitting at nine in the final round like everybody else was like having to find some swings and he was just like listen all i need is one point how are you going to stop me and you know they they finally did but like he he was sitting on a really solid victory before mm-hmm. that um so um yeah I, I don't know i i think you know everybody else you know, played solid, but uh, again, I'm 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 such a disappointment when it comes to remembering all of the specifics of like different different players' big big moves. Um, I I recall being like impressed by Merman Herman and Lazy Boy. I cannot remember as much about Robles' game, but I think that's the Green Slice curse. Uh, I I really do think Green was Green
1: Slice was the underperformer. Yeah. In like like basically across the board. Yeah. I think it's um, hard to find
0: you know victories in that uh
1: in mm-hmm. that slice. So I mean, really, so as far as I, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, this might not be worth even saying, I'm pretty sure the only green slice player that ever seemed like they were almost going to win is in game six. I'm pretty sure that's the only time I, that I think that even might be happens. true. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think I think green was was the, the big the one.
0: So, yeah, if, if if Robble didn't shine, it's probably no credit or it's, you know, it's it's no discredit to themselves. It's it's bad slice and hard to find. Mm-hmm. hard to find you know your footing um in a in a worse slice that you know that stuff is hard to catch <laughs> ahead yeah. of time um so let's dive into game number four and this is the All one right. that is oh boy. <laughs> this is the one that's harder to talk about
1: <laughs> yeah it's it, it's it's kind of a toughie so game four um basically uh well i'll just tell you your players first our, our winner is uh micmac moose yes. uh, which i was very uh happy to see i also um oddly enough moderated micmac moose's uh, prelims game. Oh, so yeah. I've actually seen Moose play a lot. Yeah, like a lot. Um, anyways, so here are your players. We've got Milty, we got Moose, we got B minus, um, a golf player, Patchface, and Jockalobo Yeah. Um, now going into this game, um, obviously I know Milty. Uh, Milty is rules master. Yeah. Um, I had heard really good things about B minus, and Jockalobo is pretty well known. Yeah. In uh, the community. Um, a golf player I did not know very much about, although I think I'd seen the end of his prelims game.
0: A, a golf player was incredibly unknown. In fact, a golf player is a, is a, one of the one of the handful of people that lucked into the fact that towards the end of the prelims, we were running out of uh, we were running out of players. Uh, people were dropping from the tournament. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I distinctly recall a golf players game was we we didn't. You know, p- players basically dropped at the last minute or whatever, and we were just desperately trying to find someone to fill it in, and we just posted on the other discords like, anyone want a free entry right now? You have to play your tournament game right now, right. and that, uh, and so there, so, so we had a golf player, so someone not uh, who hadn't been in te- uh, originally uh, planning for the tournament, and then kind of disappeared too. Um, going into the semis like I, I didn't see that many games i think they were on the other discord a little bit playing a couple games but like just generally uh, a big unknown uh, a player that yeah. people just don't aren't aren't really aware of but in their game the way they won in the prelims i recall is very much a he's the player who like like a terrifying villain in a movie explained to the player's how he was going to win as he was doing it in the end. Like he he stopped everyone and went, okay, this is how I win now. And it like, was like an assar through it. Win, yeah. Right? It was an assar win. And it was just like, now let me walk you all through how I win the board game. <laughs> yeah. And it was very like, oh my gosh, he's a villain. It was very funny. Yeah. It was um, hilarious.
1: But yeah. So, so I would say game four is a really good lesson for players in like, if you're, if you're meta, if you let, if you kind of make yourself an enemy of the table. Yeah. Um, and you kind of like spend a lot more time telling people what to do than making like kind deals with people, mm-hmm. um, it can kind of bite you in the butt in the end. Yeah. Um, because basically the way this game plays out is B- minus is playing as Barony in the blue uh, spot. And B- minus takes a pretty decisive lead, um, takes Mechatol, gets an Imperial point or maybe even two. Like B- minus just has... Extra points, and they're 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 not public. They're not objective points. They're just like off the table yeah. points. Um, and then, kind of after B minus has kind of already started to take this lead, a golf player makes the choice of swapping supports with him. Yeah. Which I did not like really at all, personally, from a commentating perspective. But what I think got kind of frustrating for people is that almost right away. Um, a golf player turns around and, and starts telling the table that they have to stop B minus right. and kind of complaining about it in kind of a like, well, you guys should do something about this when it's just like, well, you just support swap with them. Right. So I don't really get, so there was a lot of one player telling the other, telling the table effectively what to do. yeah um, Milti and Giacalobo, uh were both playing pretty solid in the early game and in the mid-game, things get pretty messy. Yep. Um, I recall Milti a point... had
0: a really terrible combat, like a combat that went
1: unimaginably bad for Milty. Yeah. And meanwhile, Moose is is uh, in the red spot playing as extra, mm-hmm. and really kind of getting away with a lot of stuff meta-wise, uh, making a lot of uh, deals, having a lot of secret conversations. And I think overall kind of exploiting this kind of tension at the table, because this is a tense table. This is yeah. a salty table. Um, this is even a salty, I'm, I'm, I'll am I'm, just be honest with you, it's pretty salty, salty commentary. commentary too. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm getting myself pretty frustrated uh, to watch. It was salty uh, Twitch chat. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, yeah, and the twitch chat was also uh pretty upset i i'm i'm not trying to to dunk on this player i'm trying to keep all of this yeah. at a uh just evaluating yeah. the strategy which a lot of it is meta so it ca- sound, it is kind of difficult um there were kind of non-meta things that like or even non-game things that attribute to this sure um we're using a facetious a username for a yep. replacement username because their actual username was a uh, pretty offensive to people. Yeah, and also there were some jokes that were that like had to be edited out that uh, were like uh, pretty not, not quite great. tasteful. Uh, we are we are of course not uh, we're not really about like I don't know we're I, not, we're not trying here to, to stir the pot. Anything. So let's yes. let's yes. so the yes. whole
0: point then too is to to reinforce the idea that in the end. A golf player had a situation where they could have won. Yes. And, it, and it's one of those things where if everybody, if they, it was an initiative order victory. So if the yes. two players that could win, that have stoppable wins before a golf player, if and they can be stopped. And some of the stopped, wins
1: were very stoppable.
0: And some of them were very stoppable. But the situation was a golf player fed into this idea of like, now you all have to deal with B- and now you still, and like B- minus was one of those players that needed to be stopped. Right. right. And and so for that, for for a golf player to continue down that line of logic when everyone else is like, you are the one that fed into this problem. Why should you deserve to win out of this? You know, when, when everything else has gone down, that's where these players were coming from. And so basically you see a situation where the players sort of say like, mm, no, you got to find your own. win. Yeah. like you're, you're on your own because you've made you, you, you you've made your own bed here. And, and it's but time I do. To, I want to I, I, I wanna
1: be clear. I do feel like it's kind of everything about the play style that led to that. So yes. I think it's just kind of like, I feel like if you watch game four, if you kind of think about it, it just kind of comes down to like, if you kind of, if you anger the table to such an extent, mm-hmm. if you end up needing the table to all play for their own victories right. in order for your victory to make sense, that's probably not going to happen. I mean, right. we had, and it and it felt justifiable. It felt like the result, it felt like the end of the story of game four when Lobo and, and Milty were both like, you're, if you're going to win this game, you're going to have to do it by yourself. You're right. going to have to do it of your own accord. We're not going to help you do this. right? Because um,
0: there was no win for them. It was absolutely one of those scenarios where if they stop B- and they stop uh, who? Jocko Lobo? No. Moose. 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 Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. Moose is the one who ends up winning, of course. Mm-hmm. So it, it was absolutely a situation where if they decide to stop B- and they decide to stop Moose, like a golf will win. There's There, there yeah. will not be an assured way to stop him. So- and, and yeah, so just the the meta worked against them, and that's not to discredit Mick Mac Moose's win because Mick Mac Moose's was pretty solid. If anything, B minuses was the easiest one to actually stop in this situation. It was it, it was as simple as like Milty needed to attack B minus, right? Um, right. And and they both just decided not to. But but Mick Mac Moose's, um path to victory in this round was no small feat. It was, and that's I think even more so why people were like, I'm not going to throw my entire game trying to dig into a well fortified extra pie slice uh just to give the victory to somebody else that doesn't yeah. seem worth it to me like they would yeah. have had to dig pretty deep into extra and set themselves up with no path to victory in the next round to pull it off also and it's no one was willing to so do it, it yeah it, yeah. it,
1: it wasn't it, it wasn't um it was the kind of thing where like it was kind of perfect for extra because extra was in between uh, a player that would win after extra and a player that would win before extra and the player that went w- was going to win before very stoppable extra, not as stoppable. Yep. Now I still think it was in the cards had a golf player convinced the table to right. help basically. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that, that is, that's, I think the takeaway and that's the part that I'm trying to, to kind of stress as like, that is to me, the story of game four of yep. like, if, if, if you push the table to a certain extent it's hard to get them back on your side um yeah. in the end there
0: okay let's do game number 5 uh game yeah. number 5 so in this one we saw a victory out of john which is the big uh the big i don't know what do we call it not relief but like the big question going into this game was Did John deserve his win last year, which that, that is not fair, right? That is not a fair assessment of how last year's prelim game went down. But that is how people treated it last year was patience deserved to win. And John did it. John was king made. And for a year now, John has been defending himself and and playing good games and playing often and showing that he's a good player. And like I think that this is a, a win that John deserved. <laughs> oh, maybe, for sure. maybe more than any Definitely. other player. Not just in the game itself, but like as a player, John deserved this win as proof that John is a solid player that belongs in the finals of a tournament.
1: I mean, um, I think I think this is the most outright win in the semifinals. Yes. Which I think takes away a little bit of the late game drama. Because it is sort of like we get into the final round and John, first action, does the thing that's going to win him the game. And then kind of after that, I'm like, not really sure how they stop him. Um, Obviously, when you're commentating, you have to kind of keep, you know, I I want to see the most dramatic thing happen. But I feel like John, and, and it's not to say... There, there, there was maybe one little bit of of RNG help, which that's how Twilight Imperium. That's works. every freaking it's, game. It's yeah. always every freaking game. But I will say this: the the story, the story can never really be again about how John got king made yes. in the prelims of the Absolutely. first. Absolutely. That that is out. That, yeah. we're talking about a guy that has made it to the finals now, and mm-hmm. he made it out of a. Very, very difficult tough semifinal yeah. round yeah, like
0: very likely the hardest game of the of the semifinals yes uh, I, I really do put game two up there as well but game five john patience Calloway, kudos snorcerer sneaky raul all of those players are wicked good really smart and and we're that way in this game none of them yeah were were weak you know what i mean yep. snorcerer uh, i would say in this game ended at a victory point that i wouldn't have like snorcerer didn't snorcerer the was in
1: the cursed w- was in the cursed slice That's, yeah exactly was in that green slice that we did not see so in and uh, that way i feel like would maybe be a little bit of good luck if i don't know if what's wrong with the with the green thing is just in our in our heads or g- just yeah. after seeing all six games we just feel like green slice just kind of underperformed but snorcerer was part of that ongoing story of just like man green slice is just not getting it done yeah
0: but the other thing we have to talk about with john is how intentionally he was playing against patience it wasn't just like oh i've played with him a bunch it was like i get that his meta if i don't stop it will beat mine yeah and he said that multiple times like this is this is how john Mm -hmm. talked about this game was like if i let Patience do all the deal-making he's going to do, I'm going to fail. And I have to push myself to be a more deal-making player than I normally am. And he was able to do that. He was able to force himself into negotiations that he otherwise would not have been a part of, but because he was actively playing against Patience's style. Uh, And yeah, it's just a, it's a huge, uh, a huge victory. Um, That's not also to say though, in, in the penultimate round, um, an agenda came out so, this game was defined by the fact that Patience picked the Ghost of Creus, which is not, right. you know, I think people will argue about whether or not it is a good faction or not. And we learned one of the main reasons why Ghost is not a good faction. And it's because there are a couple agendas in the deck that just straight up.
1: Well, dunk. we've talked about this before. Yeah. We've talked about how there are mean Ghost agendas. This, yes. this it's so obnoxious. It's like yeah. the thing I hate the most about the Ghost. Right. And, is and the mean and in the
0: In literally the round five agenda phase, patience got almost every single one of his ships destroyed just by an yep. agenda and so yep. we can dispute whether or not patience had like a really clear shot going into round six without that happening i think it was quest i think it was going to be a contest going into oh, i think final it was definitely round. a possibility though. yeah it's a strong I, from, possibility that he memory would have found serves a victory. yeah yeah but without that there was no chance that patience would be able to pull it yeah. off so yeah. that is unfortunate but none of that detracts from like how much John um, held on to a, a you know a lead almost the entire game, and in mm-hmm. the end uh, had one of those. Someone else has a risky shot. Kudos, like had this kind of like, ooh, if they can do everything just right, they can pull it off. But John has that like unstoppable victory. So it was yeah. if Kudos can't stop him, John wins for sure. Um, and it was it's, as it's- Nalu has like. His home slice was just completely defend. I mean, it was it literally was one of those things of like, you can't do anything about John. You have to find some other opportunity to win
1: or there's Mm -hmm. there's not even a a
0: conversation to have.
1: There's a lot of really beautiful play in this one. Um, Really like game five, game five. Are you serious, Hunter? (laughs) Um, Game five is has a lot of very clean, very smart play in it, even with patience, D- pulling the kind of fancy pick of playing ghosts in purple, yep. he makes it look oh, he very makes it solid. Yeah, like, the, literally, it,
0: the only thing that stops patience is the fact that that agenda, like the the bad luck agenda, comes out. The rest yeah. of his play is really solid. Ghosts play. Yeah. So if you want to see very like how you can do ghosts right, I love his tech path. I love how he implements it. I love everything that he does. He just gets you know he gets he gets screwed over by the by
1: the mm-hmm. agenda. And again, and also that still John, doesn't mean John he, he had a Like there's no way. John with Nalu, like, th- that was, the second that came out, I was like, yeah. oh, this is going to be rough. And, is, and I mean, yeah. we've talked about how Nalu, we we feel like the map for the semifinals was set up in such a way to where Nalu is not as viable. Yeah. However, John got to play Nalu in, with a blue skip, which is ki- kind of kind the of thing choice. that makes it much more viable. Yeah. Viable. Yeah.
0: And and it's, it's just the other credit of, like, Nalu wins as long as you can keep up with the pack all game. And that's exactly what mm-hmm. John did. John was never, you know, behind in this game. He, he was a contender the whole way through and you win with Nalu when you do that. Like, especially if you yep. play us like again, if you go into that game and you look at the final round, like, just look at John's slice and you will see like his home system you're not touching it and he like he re- he does the thing where he like retreats everything back into it because he knows that's the only way they can stop him is if they can do his home system and it's like yeah. he doesn't even have hardly any ground forces in his home system it is just like a bajillion fighters yeah. that he's retreated all back home so it, it's just such it's such an unstoppable win that you, you have to give him a lot of credit
1: yeah yeah I, I think I mean we had already put like personally, me and Matt had already put that that prelims game to bed in our minds. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've played with John right. plenty of times. Yes. Um, but this, as far as the community goes, yep. this put it is it it shall not be spoken of ever again. <laughs> We're done. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, I it's agree. done. You're you're done. If if you have any ill will left from that, it's over. He's a guys, he's a finalist this yeah. year. And yeah. I it is to me such an exciting It would have been exciting either way with John or Patience. You know what I mean? Like, either way, there was kind of this beautiful storyline built into this game. Yeah. Um, Honestly, no matter who won this game, it would have been interesting. It would have been if Callowin, who I think is somebody that both both me and Matt have kind of eyed and heard, uh, is a strong player, and you see strong play in in game five from him if he had won it would have been the story of like wow we had all these people these knowns and then yeah. like kind of a relatively unknown came out kudos beat jaynor in his prelims game yeah, come on uh, <laughs> and it, honestly it the way kudos won was so crazy where jaynor was going with his classic uh rising tide floats all boats uh except if it floats kudos boat more <laughs> right you now yeah um yeah kudos so it was kind of an exchange yeah this one uh and and snorcerer would have been great if snorcerer had proved us wrong about uh the green slice which i feel like is well within his uh capabilities to do that um and sneaky raul does stuff in this game Mm. that it's it doesn't even make sense to us to where we're not even sure we're not sure if it's good we're not sure if it's bad um (laughs) it's so funny that his name is sneaky raul and then he does stuff where we're like i do not understand what sneaky (laughs) raul is doing uh and yeah, so this one very, very good experience to watch. I would say the only the only way that it's lacking is that John just plays too solid. Yeah. And so then the final round doesn't have uh that climax because mm-hmm. John's just too good, y'all. Right. John is really <laughs> good. Like
0: <laughs> also worth mentioning too, this was the third player in the first name gang <laughs> to make it into the finals yeah. we had we had enough players in every single game where everyone that could have been in the finals could have been using their name as the uh as their screen name um with luke brian and john making it in um we missed out on uh mate mason is actually his name is nate mason so he's the closest oh, one right, from that game right. uh and then uh the in, in game six well milty kind of counts um and then connor in game six um yeah so there basically there, there was a handful of players where we almost had an all first names or last names uh finals but but john was the last one it let's get into game six let's round this thing off uh ginger is another uh, errata thorn in my side uh uh <laughs> And, and in the two Dune, of them and, in the final yeah, exactly. <laughs> in in the Dune episodes, the opposite Ginger saved our Dune, <laughs> G- like between Ginger and uh Corbeck Jane, Jane, you know, that they practically wrote the, the Dune episodes. So, we have to give we already knew going into this that Ginger was not only like a smart TI player, but like a smart player overall, like just a good, yeah, smart person. So, Magi
1: uh, was certainly worried about him, and yeah, I guess it's yeah, Ma- well, and now. Magi
0: was doing a really funny thing in the weeks leading up to it where, uh, okay, first. first. First off, there is some theorizing in the community that Magi was intentionally throwing practice games leading up to the semifinals uh, because Magi kept playing with Ginger in practice games and then would lose to Ginger and then talk a lot about how guys, I don't know, Ginger looks like, the, because Magi knows that the target is on his back going into uh, this that's game. that's smart. And so there's a theory going around that Magi was throwing games so that he could point the target at somebody else and get a little bit of heat off his back, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was definitely a running theme in this game was people pointing at Ginger and Ginger kind of being like, why am I the one with all this meta heat? Like, Magi's here. I'm not even, like, even us in the, in the commentary were freaking out because he got a single research agreement. We acted like he got research agreement like 12 times when all that happened was he got research agreement to get Dreadnought 2 like round 1 or 2 which I still think that's a big deal like giving away Dreadnought 2 to Barony really early. Giving Barony any
1: extra tech is like it's kind of a nightmare.
0: It's not needed Um, so like that definitely was a huge advantage but this game is definitely defined by the fact that like Ginger plays his own game um, if I were to compare him to like Luke M, I said earlier, Luke M kind of controls the table and like makes all this stuff work out. Ginger, Ginger does that same thing except for all for his own stuff. Like, during other people's turns, Ginger is, like, talking about things from his own perspective and how, like, what he's going to do Mm -hmm. and how he's going to pull stuff off. And other people, like, you hear some salt in this game from, what, was it Connor that was kind of like, hey, Ginger, stop. It's my, it's not your turn. It's not, like, people had to kind of get Ginger to to calm down.
1: I would be remiss to not mention that during the course of this game on Twitch, someone bought and (laughs) built a website called Is It Ginger's Turn? info it is the
0: greatest meme that has ever come out of this podcast. it's
1: pretty hilarious (laughs) so it's just a website you can go to it tells you whether it's ginger's turn or not just in case because it can be confusing to watch it because ginger talks during other people's turns all the time right so well and and uh, here's
0: what's here's what's nice about this is ginger is a perfect heel going into the finals and i use that in exactly the way that term is meant which is like in wrestling, you've got the bad guys, but, like, because wrestling is all scripted, you know, it's all it's all set up, and it's just supposed just to be like, part of the just show. like our tournament. <laughs> our tournament is all set up. It's all fake, and Ginger is there to be the player that players will maybe root against in the finals, mm-hmm. and it's not just, like, they're rooting against him because he's good. You know what I mean? Like he you, is good. It's you don't root against him just because he's like around. It's like Ginger might win, and he does it by like really controlling the meta and doing all these things that like freak us out. And like he's trying to break the meta, and you know, there's just so much going on that like you can't help but like hope he fails. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you want you want to see his wild gambits not work out because he talks a really big game about them. Anytime he's in the Discord, it's him like basically making really really uh objective stances about things it's like oh this is good and this is bad and you can't help but be like "Mm, i just i think you're wrong and i need you to be proven wrong but you're doing really well and now i don't know that we're gonna be able to prove you wrong like he's just a solid player that like gets under people's skin in an incredibly satisfying way
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i i would say that it's 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 funny um it it makes me laugh um it I th- I think it will uh, definitely enhance uh, the finals to yeah. to have have a player like him. Um, he also just like, I mean, the stuff he pulls off in this game is uh, is pretty wild. Yeah, uh, he gets light wave like way too early, and then like <laughs> other people get light wave too. Like this game, yeah, there were three think, like, people three... with
0: light wave deflector in that game. Too
1: many is... people have light wave in this game. <laughs> this game just like kind of goes. Nuts, Magi very early on calls out that he doesn't have a shot because of tech, mm-hmm. um, and like I think to a certain extent is that's sort of right on the money. Yeah. Um, Boltron is playing as Jolnar in this game, and research agreement gets traded so to much. some people, but not others. Yeah. Um, there, there is a lot of my least favorite thing in the world, which is the Erez yeah. siphons. Money printing thing, which this is, is not the only of game that, where right? that happens. Yeah yeah. Uh, ma- yeah, Magi Magi basically stays in the game due to the era's money printing mm-hmm. uh, I would say Magi's style in this game is very fun to watch because this is uh, Magi the friendly calculator. Yeah um, No, it's not so much about punching in this one. It's very well And he wanted about
0: I think that was intentional I think this is still credit to how good Magi is. I think Magi knew ginger would be the heel so yes. I think in Magi's head, if he if he maintains good relationships with everyone, he might be able to find himself into some better situations. Which he, Man, I mean, it, in a couple of ways he did. I mean, he definitely got points he didn't deserve, uh, and I I say that, and he kind of knows it. I mean, it's like he he got handed some trade goods that I think all of the players at the table were sort of like, you should not have been able to get those.
1: Um, I know, and it, and it's hard uh, to be. When talking about Magi, it's hard to be uh, objective because even now, you even just saying that, it's kind of just taking me back to me thinking about, while I was watching this game, I felt like Magi's plan was genius. Like it was, right. right. and I think the only thing that really undid it was just not being able to get into the kind of tech um, cabal that was happening, kind of between Boltron and... And Dead Bob. My, my favorite uh,
0: thing about Magi is he's one of the few players who develops strategies in secret. And very, yes. like, very... That's why people are like, I think Magi's throwing practice games on purpose. Because that's the kind of thing that Magi would do he he -hmm. he builds these maps i'm actually like talking to him right now in a direct message about a a prelim like a a a version of the finals map and he sent me this most the most ridiculous looking breakdown of like how he evaluates a map and like all this stuff that magi does in the back in the background obviously there are other players that prep but you see lots of discussion and players openly talking about the games with each other magi is one of those players that like he's playing for keeps (laughs) every time he plays Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and he's done a lot of legwork, um, away from the table, uh, to, to, to decide how he's going to play out every conceivable event.
1: It was a good plan. I'm sorry. I can't get off of that. Yeah, it was, it was a good plan to win this game. It was, it was, you can just, even in us talking about it, it was a good plan. Make, put the pressure on ginger, Mm -hmm. uh, B super f- he basically he does a support swap with uh with Dead Bob his neighbor to the left and then Connor he just maintains a very solid yeah. um friendly relationship Can with Can we give some uh, credit to Connor as
0: well? Connor was a Connor, Connor who was unrelenting in letting Ginger get away with everything Ginger could have gotten away with in this game. Connor
1: right. is good at the meta. Yeah. He is a good above the table player. Um oh. it feels like uh either through just like bad luck or I, it's hard for me to remember how the objectives kind of fanned out for Connor. Well, uh, you know what it is. Connor also got left out of the tech cabal. Mm -hmm. Um, It Mm -hmm. was basically Connor and Magi were kind of getting uh, shafted when it came to access to tech. Yeah. Um, And they, they called this out kind of as they were playing. Um, And I think that really was what hurt Connor, but um, style wise, it's, it's always, it's kind of weird whenever, you're watching a game and you're like, oh, this, I think this player is really good but it's not like they're getting like a whole lot of points it's more just like yeah. you can tell their philosophy about the game right. is kind of shining through and that's how i feel yeah. um about connor uh we got to give
0: um, dead bob some huge cra- i mean dead bob was the one dead in the bob final round won. that was actually going to win it's just yeah. that ginger was able to to sneak a really clever and let's talk about ginger's game-winning play because it's actually oh my God. his his final round play is so crazy it's yeah. it's way more brilliant than like were even able to process like in the commentary and during the stream because Ginger was holding on to uh, bombard make an example of their world, the secret objective to bombard. And he actually had an opportunity in round five to score it. And contrary to like my line of thinking, and this again goes goes in Ginger's favor of he thinks of new ways to do a thing and it works out for him in this game. Uh, he could have done the bombardment in round five. But that would have put him in a situation where he would have won in round five, but he would have had to find a way to hold on to the public objectives he was going to score in the status phase. And if the players were able to see him score the bombard secret objective, they could have easily counted out that, hey, he's going to get to 10 this round. We have to stop him. So instead, Ginger opts to not do the secret objective so that in the next round, first action of round six ginger wins because he takes like something like seven bombardment to a planet with only one ground force on it like he absolutely crushed there was no way he wasn't going to win that bombardment um but he kept the heat off of himself even though he had an opportunity to score that action phase secret something that i would normally be like why would you ignore doing that that is so crazy and not only that the players thought he had that secret objective and by Passing on an opportunity to do it, it made people f- not even think he had it anymore. Like, people just ignored yep. that he might have it, and that's what made him not uh, target in that final round. Everyone was focused on Soul. Even he was. Well, he was really, really, like, overly talking up all the stuff they needed to do against Soul, very clearly so that he could just... On his first turn, no one be paying attention to what he was gonna do. It's, it's like
1: he's core he's leading the table talk and how to stop soul. Yeah. Knowing the whole time that on the first action of his turn he's, not he's gonna, gonna win the game. Yeah. It's it's yeah, it's Ginger's style and and I think this is part of what can be kind of frustrating to play against him, mm-hmm. um, is that Ginger style is to kind of it's like a it's like a filibuster. Yes. It's like absolutely. Ginger's kind of always putting out. He's always talking. He's always he's always putting out ideas, and it I think it kind of you you resist a lot. Like a lot of the players were trying to resist it, but like in the end, they did kind of they believed him yeah. in the end. I mean right. I don't I don't know that that Magi did right. Um, Magi uh, to kind of like uh, contrast the style of play. Magi is so much more about etiquette mm-hmm. um, and about, like, he doesn't do secret conversations. Um, he types on other players. Uh, he, he sends messages. Uh, open messages yeah. on other players' turns and stuff like that. But I do feel like Ginger kind of... I don't know. It, it really... Liking it, likening it to a heel in wrestling is a good example because a lot of the things that Ginger is doing, etiquette-wise, is kind of questionable. Yeah. But strategy-wise really paid off it's really like ginger's kind of a dark arts type right. guy right you know absolutely he's doing the stuff that like you're not supposed
0: to be okay with and he's, yeah. but he's but he's winning with it like it's it is something that even we like brush up against i mean we've played games with him in the past where like we were annoyed with ginger in the end right like we and, mm-hmm. and i remember specifically a game where you yelled at ginger you said stop talking you talk too much is what you yelled to him <laughs> you talk way too much and you like in the final round quit letting him talk uh and and like that's what happens to ginger like if we see Ginger's plan backfire in the finals, it will be because of those things. He either right. gets the better end of it because he he just keeps pushing and keeps pushing and finds the points, or he'll have the a golf player scenario. Which, mm-hmm. not suggesting they're even quite on the same level there. No, with they're the not. The meta against them, but that's what will backfire in Ginger on Ginger is is it won't be his play that lets him down. It'll be the meta.
1: He's also funny. It's He's funny. funny. <laughs> it's like it's 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 funny to it's funny to watch and play um and i think i mean what so so these these are our six yeah and i'm just i'm so and we're
0: gonna learn even more about them next week when we talk to them and get their Mm -hmm. side of the story this has been a lot of us making value judgments on them but i'm incredibly curious (laughs) yeah we're gonna have we're gonna have ginger on the
1: show next week after we've kind of said like kind of annoying you know yeah So we'll yeah we'll 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 see how that plays out that'll be fun. Yeah. I just wanted to say with with everything we've talked about as far as um, these players and these people, we we are fiercely dedicated to um, evaluating them uh, strategically. Yeah. And even when we talk about Ginger here, this is more about the game and how it impacts the game, and that's right. that's that's what we care about. Um, it also makes people laugh. It it makes people. You know, there's like shade thrown. There are people making websites about whether it's Shinger's turn or not. But at the end of the day, what it really comes down to is how does this impact the game? Yeah um, and well, and this
0: this is just the only board game that the, this kind of stuff can happen in to this degree. like yeah. the fact yeah. that like the way you talk impacts your chances of success. I mean it's pretty yeah. wild that we are that we are in this position.
1: Hashtag Magi had a, a good plan. Hashtag Magi had a good plan. It was a <laughs> good still plan. Still have the phone okay? finger? I'm on. Just stuck. You on have it. to get I a new phone finger. You. <laughs> no, no, I refuse. You I refuse. That <laughs> that is that. Uh, it, you know, I might have to hang my phone finger up for for a little while. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, it's not. It's it's not, it's not going anywhere. It's still in its I'm shrine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's still there. It's still there.
0: Well, I want to thank all of our patrons uh, for making the tournament possible so far. Uh, for everyone who was involved in the tournament, all two hundred and sixteen players that got us to this point. There are now only six left, and uh, I can't wait to see where we get uh, on Saturday, April eighteenth at seventeen hundred UTC. Let's do some quick rundown stuff, Hunter. We've got we've got some votes coming up here.
1: Oh yeah, so we have uh, so Galactic Council. Listen up. Um, I just posted this. This is a uh, First round uh, uh, poll for the May Galactic Council episode, which will be on uh, May 5th. Um, here are your choices. Um, we've got experimental tech paths uh, returning from uh, what was the most recent Galactic Council poll, um, which is, uh, if you need another rundown of that one, it's basically like me and Matt are going to just kind of make up like goofy new experimental tech paths. Um, I tested one in a game a little while ago, which was like yin, uh, red, and yellow, uh, which will be fun. Um Another one of the choices is Necro versus Jolnar. This is one we've been talking about for a while. Um, it'll be very similar to our versus uh, series. Um, this is the one I'm most excited about. Your third choice is Kingmaking Roundtable Part Two, oh, um, where me and Matt sit down with uh, some guests. Um, don't know who those guests would be, but sure. we'll just we'll figure out uh, whose perspectives. Uh, We want to showcase and we just talk about king making again. It's been a while since we've had a conversation about it. We've seen Um,
0: different plays happen and we've we've drastically had to reevaluate like where do we draw the line? What actually mm -hmm. is there's just a lot that we could talk about that it's it's a topic worth
1: revisiting. I will say this. I do feel very kind of vindicated in us not adopting the texas rule i agree and instead keeping king making in the game yep. because it is a part of the game and see i that's why we should do this because i have a stronger stance on yeah. it now i'm yeah. way more down well, to argue and not, i know let's, let's where not I'm discount at
0: too that like we've we've now learned more and more about oath and just like the conversation about king making has developed more like there's just i mean cole Worley mm-hmm. did a whole like talk on it at a university or whatever at a a gdc or whatever it was um so like there's just more informing how we can talk about that now anyways we're not having that episode right now you have to vote on that episode dang it! right right right
1: (laughs) (laughs) um the next one is a finals map analysis um this is one we're throwing out there for people that you know if you like map analysis episodes you're actually not going to get one for the finals which is kind of a bummer we just don't we don't have time in the schedule to to do that and also like eh, whatever like the the finalists are gonna figure it out and plus also we want you to tune in on uh april 18th at 17 o'clock utc uh to see the finals but if you want kind of after the fact analysis um we'd totally be down to do that um and the last one this one is kind of just throwing some spaghetti at the wall um we have uh most this actually came from root talking about how much he doesn't like the idea of a twilight imperium league again Um, I thought it might be fun to just kind of have a winding conversation of like TI League, just right. kind of pros and cons. Like right. if, if that existed, what would it look like? And what would be bad about it? What what could be good about it? Right. Um, I don't know. We, there's That that one is very open. We've so. run and
0: been a part of a couple tournaments now, and I, I feel like we could have a pretty informed discussion about yes. what it would even mean to have a TI League and, and how that could even be run.
1: Yes. Um, also... Uh, Hunter Donaldson Fan Club uh, first round poll still has, like, I think a couple days on it. Um, and then the top two uh, will be out. Uh, but your total choices are um, I play uh, Twilight Imperium on the last year's uh, finals map with the last year's finals rules. That one right now is currently crushing the polls. Mm. Um, the next one is Twilight Imperium on the three player Trident map. Um, the third one is Root, um, where I play against uh robots just by myself with the twitch chat (laughs) yeah um which you know what not getting a lot of love on the poll i love Ah, it i'm probably gonna do that anyways (laughs) at some point uh because i just love that idea um uh, another game of root where you just pick the map um what deck i play and the faction that one that one is maybe the least sexy which is i think why it's not actually Mm -hmm. getting any because that's just like a game of Root, regular. Um, And then the last one is the Final Fantasy VII Remake, um, which is getting a surprising amount of love um, for something that is not a board game. Um, I'm going to play, I mean, regardless, I'm going to play it because I was a little boy once and now (laughs) I am a little man. Um, Yeah, there you go. There are your options. Get in there. I would like
0: to thank our Weird Bears, Farganess, and T.G. Welch. And I want to thank our Space Kitties, Naderade, Patience is a Virtue, Umar, Polyphony Requiem, Julian RY's, Hippie Peace Turtles, Reka, and Gaz-Kio. Uh, and obviously keep your eye out on the YouTube for the upcoming uh, rest of the semis game, and get on the Twitch this Saturday at seventeen hundred uh, for the moderator game, and next Saturday at seventeen hundred for the finals of the Space Cats Peace Turtles twenty twenty Patreon tournament. Who do you think is going to win, Matt? Uh, I think Luke is going to win. You think, think Luke I is going to win? I think Duke wow, is going to win. Wow, I can't win. believe
1: you're just coming out I'm like coming that. out you're with this. like, yeah. I'm just going to say that, it. Now, that
0: could change next week. we got to interview these players. A lot of my opinions changed based on last year's interviews. I don't know if you remember, but last year, I don't think either of us were paying attention to Vaunt at all. And then yep. I sat down and talked with him for twenty minutes, and I was like, "I'm all Vaughn, all the way. He is my yeah, favorite I, player I, I do, ever. I, I, do I love him. That. So uh, yeah. who knows what's going to happen once we talk? I might completely come around on Ginger after interviewing, him. we'll see. But as of right now, uh, I'm a I'm a Duke Lucum boy.
1: Um, let's see who do I who do I think? Um, it's hard for me not to lean. I kind of lean John. Mm-hmm. I would say yeah um john and honestly ginger too i'm kind of leaning <laughs> john and ginger okay um i could i could totally see ginger has just like raw skill right and uh, a distinct meta approach right and i kind of feel that way about john too where it's just like i can kind of identify what they're doing above the table and on the table um i think ginger's game in the finals will be a lot about how people respond to what ginger is doing yep. above the table. Right. Um, which is maybe why I lean John, cause we already have a game where John does kind of an anti-meta against yeah. a player that is specifically good. I at will, I will also stuff. say
0: though, of all the players at this table, um, I would categorize four of them as like very nice deal makey, not in a crazy yes. way players. Luke shorty, Mick, McMuson, Moose and John are all like, they're going to play straight and, and normal. Ginger's crazy, and Brian pushes as hard as he can for points. So like, Dude,
1: yeah, don't forget about Brian either yeah. and Moose. And, like, also Shorty <laughs> dark horse his yeah. semis game, which means why can't he dark-horse exactly. the finals game too? Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, whatever. I, I I like them all. I think I think I, I think they've all got a really good shot. Um, yeah. they're obviously all very good players. Yeah. Um, if if and, you
0: yeah. like this tournament and you like all these players, how about you give a five star rating for who you think is gonna win the tournament? Give, <laughs> give don't give the podcast a rating. Go to Apple Podcasts and rate your favorite finalists and give them. Oh yeah, five just like stars. in the body, just in talk the body. about. <laughs>
1: Uh, God, I love the idea of our iTunes reviews just being the most confusing thing. Yeah, five stars. John is great. ginger is good
0: <laughs> i love that uh, it could be a thing that says john is great and then our podcast description is a podcast by matt Martin's and hunter donaldson and anyone reading it would be like who's this john guy though i'm confused uh you can also find us on twitter at space cats pod you can find us on facebook and please join our discord to be a part of the ongoing conversations about these games that are going on and just everything else related to twilight imperium and now also some root stuff and dune stuff and oath stuff and just everything come hang out with us
1: yeah, yeah, and just remember, John is great, Ginger is good, Moose keeps, its loo- keeps it loose, oh, and Luke is the Duke. And I, sorry, I didn't have one for Brian or Brian's Shorty. <laughs> lion and Shorty. <laughs> is there that's uh <laughs> yep <laughs> Short,
0: Shorty's I don't, what um, is Shorty
1: no that's it. If, 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 if it if it were we seven if it was seven we should have <laughs> we should have cut right on Luke is the Duke that's oh, what yeah. it should have been and oh. it could have just been like oh Brian and Shorty didn't get one eh, oh well I mean <laughs> I'm only so creative that's <laughs> there is a limit
0: <laughs> thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music you can find more at BenPruntyMusic.com and BenPrunty.BandCamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum.